Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. Are you starting over on the dating scene? Are you confused about what to do or how to act if you're moving on after a long-term relationship? And do you really have to choose between a fulfilling connection and an exciting sex life? Today, Shana James reviews some of the challenges facing guys who are starting over, and she explains why women are hungry for a guy who listens to the new man. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing yeah. well. I'm ready to have some fun, and then I'm going to go to the beach and have more nice. fun. So, Oh, that sounds good. And how are you? How's the little one? He's amazing. Um, wild, crazy, amazing, awesome, sweet, loving, curious. Yeah, he's just, he's great. And not so little. How old is he? Three and a half. Yeah, he's getting getting big. How old is B? She's five. Oh my god! Yeah, you guys, you didn't have another one, right? We did. We uh, we sold it and bought a house. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just an it. Apparently, I would have about that, right? Yes, I totally would have known. <laughs> bought a house and a uh, Ferrari. So it was a beautiful kid. I was extraordinary. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. You know, it was so funny. I used to have this fear when when Ari was a baby that someone was going to come in and steal him. Yeah. And then as he got a little older, I was like, who in their right mind would steal a fucking child? It's Take so- him. <laughs> will somebody so- come and take this kid? <laughs> I have those moments too where I'm like, oh my God, I want to sell you to the gypsies. <laughs> oh, well, um, how do I introduce you today? What's it? Do you want a title other than gypsy gypsy child salesman? Gypsy child saleswoman. Um, <laughs> I've been going by relationship and dating co- or dating and relationship coach. I think is probably the best or dating and relationship expert. Whatever sounds better to you. Oh, you c- president. How's that? President of the United Loving Chic. Chic. You're the chic. Of dating, you're the dating and relationship chic. I'm just kidding, relationship chic. I love your sense of humor. 
I say we just keep rolling. Why did you? Okay, you were really. I love how organized you are. You're you're awesome. By I the way, I am organized, aren't I? You. I have this thing. Like, I want to get this right. I'm going to get this interview. Amazing. Is that? Yeah. yeah is that your thing? Mm, is that my thing? It's more just like I like going with the flow, but then I also want to make sure that I'm giving something that makes a difference. You know? Yeah. I get that. That's why I love yeah. send, I love sending guys to you for that. Mm. Very, well, there's two reasons. Well, just off the top of my head is that you genuinely want to help. But the other part is that you are a woman and you love men. Mm-hmm. Like I feel I've always just felt how much you love men. And, and that's that sounds that may not sound like that big of a deal but a lot of women have been hurt by guys i know it is a big deal it is, i mean i think that's what i've realized over the years is that i really feel like an ally for men and i i do love men and i i assume the best and i want the best you know instead of coming from that wounded or angry place yeah well i think that's the thing too is that here for a lot of guys they're like well i can't show up with a woman and talk about this stuff that's just going to piss them off that's just right. that's not going to be cool and I'm like, no, you can actually bring that to Shana because she's going to have all this space for you. She's going to have all this room. So I, I love sending guys to you for that Thank very reason you. because you, for me, you you changed the game. Like for 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 me, you've been that. Mm. I'm just like, wow, you you have a lot of space for me. Whereas most women are there, there's this kind of they can collude in the space of like, yeah, it's not cool for you to think that or want that or, <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, like that's how women think, quote unquote. That's how they all think, but. It's like no, 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 no. You meet somebody like Shana, and 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 the game changes. It's not all women. So, mm, yeah, I really. Thank you. Okay, well, let's let's go. Let's do this. So, you you used to work with guys, uh, and um, more like the single guys, like the younger guys. But now yeah. that you're shifting, you're shifting more to guys that have been in long term relationships or they've been in a divorce. But I was, I remember when I was in my twenties, I was in a long term relationship, and I I felt. Oh man, I was like 26 or something. But I felt older. Like I can't go back to the college bars and do that. So mm-hmm. I imagine there's there's much, even though a guy in his 20s might feel that, like I did back then. But you're you're talking about older guys that have been maybe out of out of the dating game for a decade, two decades, or something like that. Is that who you're talking to? Yeah, and you know, for some men who've been out of the dating game right for a couple decades, and for some maybe it's been, um. Not that long. I mean, I guess it would be that long, right? If it's been, you know, maybe a five-year relationship or a 10-year f- a marriage or some, a 20-year marriage. And so then life is really different at that age, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, like they're still writing phone numbers down on napkins instead of using their phone. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. <laughs> right, instead of using that bump app or whatever that is, you know. <laughs> but I mean, the thing that I see that I think is most important to name is that um, there's this thing that people call a midlife crisis, right? And I think our culture villainizes it for men especially. And I think the way I see it, especially with men who have gone through divorce or a long-term relationship, is this is the time of life where it is there's the best opportunity not to reinvent yourself, but really to rediscover yourself, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. the desires you had the way your body worked, all of these things that were happening in your 20s when dating was the, I don't know, the thing you were doing or the more natural thing, like it's all different now. Mm -hmm. And I think for some men that can be terrifying 
right? And it seems like there's this thing in their head, like, I can't go back. I hear this, like, quotations of, like, yeah. I can't go back. Well, of course you wouldn't go back. It's about right. who am I now? That's what you're yes. saying, rediscover. Like, who am I now? Who would I be going forward? And there's a part that I want to name here, too, where the guy may be choosing to stay in a really lousy situation that he knows is finished, but because mm-hmm. he can't imagine... Uh, what it might look like for him to rediscover himself, as he, as you said, like he can't imagine life other than what he's in right now. He's choosing to stay in in a in a relationship that just doesn't serve either either one of those. Yeah, it's really easy to think there's not going to be someone out there who will want me. You know, now that I'm this age, or now that my body looks like this, or now that I don't have an erection every time I have sex, or you know, it's like all of these things that are new mm-hmm. can be scary. And and I know this professionally and personally, I mean, granted, I'm a woman, so I have a different body, you know, but there is this, as I've started over, because I separated two and a half years ago. So as I've been starting over, there is this sense of, wow, who am I now? And what do I not want to repeat? Mm -hmm. Right? There are many things that I don't want to repeat from my past relationship. And there are many things that I really want to carry into the next relationship. And so all of those it's really I what I'm seeing with the clients I'm working with around this is that it's really important to look back at the past and look at what wasn't working, mm-hmm. you know, and then back to what you were saying is um, that fear that comes up that maybe there won't be someone out there who wants me. And what I've been seeing is that the the trajectory tends to be toward actually more happiness when people are finally willing to say, this isn't working and it maybe this isn't working and we need some help and I really want to recommit to make this work or right. maybe this isn't working and let's do our best. And if we are going to let each other go, then, you know, I'm actually going to be okay and I am going to meet other women. And I see people dating in their 60s and their 70s and their 80s. I mean, it's pretty, pretty inspiring. So I want to go back to this idea because there's uh, there's something powerful here. It's it's what are we choosing to commit to, and 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 I think that this is the opportunity where we can choose to play small or we can choose to play bigger. And I've noticed that the guy when he's if he's just looking at like I don't want to be alone or I don't want to be that awkward guy or I, there's just something about like I want to make sure I don't look stupid or I don't feel yeah. stupid. There's something like along those lines. It tends to get into pretty lousy relationships, like right. just in general, like in his life. But the other guy that I talked to that's like, I'm committed to my fulfillment. I'm committed to l- feeling like I'm really alive and I'm really enjoying my life. And I want to surround myself with people that are like that too. They tend to have a- amazing, extraordinary relationships. That becomes the foundation for the relationship that they're building going forward. Whereas in the past, it was like, I'm just committed to not being alone. I'm committed yeah. to avoiding feeling alone or awkward or something like that. And, and so it sounds like as we become adults more and more, we mature more and more, we get to we, we get to leave some of the things that maybe had us choose the relationships before and now say, if I'm starting over, this is what it's in service of. It's in service uh, of yes. this greater purpose of feeling fulfilled and really having an extraordinary, happy relationship. That's what I'm committed to. So yeah. uh, do you see that where guys get to like before the relationship, the reason why the relationship peeled off before is because it just, it, they outgrew it. And now there's, yeah. now they're living into a bigger, uh, a bigger commitment. Yes. I think that's so true, especially nowadays. I think we, as People are growing more and more and deepening and it's happening faster. And I think people used to commit to a relationship for life no matter what. And now there is more of a sense of 
is this fulfilling? You know, yeah. is this actually something that's when, when and well, I just, I think I just had a thought that kind of blew me out, which was like, right. We don't actually know how long we're going to have to live, especially as we're getting into our forties and fifties and sixties and, and older. And so when we're younger, I think there's a little more leeway or a little more of that thought in our heads of, ah, whatever. Sure. I'll just try this out or see how it goes. Or, um, like you said, being driven by something that we're moving away from, right? I don't want to be alone. So I'll just try this other thing Mm -hmm. versus I think as we get older, there is more of an opportunity to be clear and intentional and to create and generate, you know, and I love what you were saying about someone who's committed to creating relationships, friendships, everything in their lives where there is aliveness and vitality and fulfillment, right? And someone who's committed to, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to enjoy this life Mm. is then going to attract women who have that same attitude versus uh, two people who are going to come together to try to not feel alone. And eventually that is just such a mess, right? Yeah. I just want to, I want to support that guy that's out there listening to this because I come into contact with women and they are like, where are the guys that are listening to the new man? Like, I want to find the guys that are forward thinking and just even able to have a conversation around some of this stuff. So it's a buyer's market out there for you guys. Like (laughs) there's a lot of women that want to. It's so true. It's so true. I know so many women and many of them friends of mine who are just longing to be in a relationship and really care for a man and be connected to a man. And they're not finding men who are stepping up Mm. and who are willing to be conscious communicators and really powerful and hot and sexual and turned on and loving. And, you know, in some ways it's a big game to step into for men or game may not be the right word, right? It's a big stepping into Another um, another way of living, another way of life. Yeah, yeah, another way of living to step into that power, which I think is also really vulnerable because a lot of men I work with have that fear. Well, what if I, you know, try to be more powerful in the bedroom, but I'm not? Then what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Or what if I try to be more, um, you know, what if I try to create things for her or guide her in certain ways or be more of that dominant, powerful perspective or, or way of being? And then I just can't, or then I don't, you know, what if I disappoint her? Yeah. Sounds like so, we put pressure on ourselves. If I, if I'm going to step into this way of being, oh no, have, have I, have I created, um, have I created a trap for myself in some way? Right. And so then there's the tendency to shy away from even going there, which what I see in that is what you were talking about. You yeah. know, then there's this kind of slinking back into this smaller life as opposed to, oh my God, this life is precious and I could be out there offering my love and my care and my attention and my sex. And I could be receiving all of those things as well. And how am I going to make that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that. So you work with people that are going through this process. They're starting over, as you say. So what do you see? What are the biggest challenges that you see guys going through when they're starting over in their relationships and dating? Yeah, I was thinking about this and I, I I have 10 different challenges or struggles that I really see when men are starting over. Okay. Um, one of them being that the women they want aren't attracted to them or they're afraid of that, right? And so on the one hand, it could be they're out there having these experiences and like, well, women are attracted to me, but not the ones I want. Why is that happening? Mm-hmm. 
or it keeps them from even getting out there. You know, that fear that, well, what if the women I want don't want me? Okay. So it's just that it's it's not even real. It's it's there's but they they sense that there's a gap between who they are and and the types of uh, the type of woman that they want to bring into their lives. Yeah, I think I think for some men it actually is real, and it's that there's some way of not being able to be out in the world relaxed and confident and powerful. And for other men, it's just this imagined fear that keeps them from actually acting. You know. Got it. And, and along those lines, I think another one is feeling paralyzed or feeling shy or awkward to talk to new women and not really sure how to start conversations. I think that's one of the biggest things I've been surprised because I keep trying to create programs for men that move beyond that. Yeah. And then, and then when I survey men to see, you know, where are you getting stuck? They're like in that first conversation. Yeah, <laughs> so. it really is. Like I, I look at what's available now for a young, a young man or any guy that's out there. There's, there's so many... I could just imagine, man, if I could have, if I, man, when I was in college, if I knew how to walk up to that girl, that would have changed my life. And so, it, mm-hmm. I, but that's what we, I, maybe that's just what I would tell myself, right? But, right. but that's, that's, uh, that's what I, uh, that's what I thought I needed then was just to be, how do I go up to that person and start talking to her? Right. And, uh, in, you know, you having gone through all those struggles probably are a different and deeper and more, more aware and awake man because of that. You, you know? would hope, so. you'd hope. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, knowing you, I think you are, but, um, yeah, you know, then there's also the fear of rejection, which I think is actually a big part of what has that paralysis happen. Right. And, and really giving a lot of credence to that, right. A lot of power to that of, oh my God, if I'm rejected, this is going to be awful and something bad's going to happen. I won't somehow survive that. I've got to make sure I do whatever I can to avoid the possibility yes. of rejection. That, and that's what I notice where guys just start playing really small. They only go for what they think they can get instead of going for what they want. Yes. Yeah. I have a lot of men who come to me and say, you know, I've been in relationships my whole life where the women have chosen me and I haven't actually gone after the women I want. Mm. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Think about that. I've only gone. I've only. I've only taken whatever's come to me. I've never gone out and for what I want. I see this with guys in their careers, mm-hmm. everything in their life. They just take whatever comes to them instead of, well, what would happen if I really went for what I want? That's a paralyzing, powerless place to be. Yeah, and there is. I what I keep seeing too is it takes risk to create an amazing life. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't have that unless we're willing to risk that. And I think every time, especially in love, right? Every time we open our hearts we risk heartbreak. Mm -hmm. But are you going to live holding your heart back and never having love and having that kind of pain? Or are you going to be willing to have the kind of pain where you actually got to experience incredible love and intimacy and and passion, hopefully, too, you know? Yeah. You're going to live fully or you're going to hold back and wait for that one day when it's somehow magically safe. Yeah. When it's probably going to be over at that time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think another struggle I see men go through is that, um, you know, times have changed. And if a lot of time has gone by, there is that question, like you said before, are men still writing numbers on napkins, right? It's just kind of a, a small example. But, you know, how does online dating work and how fast do people jump into bed together? And and what are people looking for? And um, how is this all going to work? You know? Right. What are the rules now? Is if we get in bed together, does that mean we're getting married? Like, what what does it mean? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love that one. That's a funny one. <laughs> I don't know if that's on your list. I used to think, oh yeah, I'm embarrassed now. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> well, I think that's a big one, right? There is this sense, and I actually was working with a client the other day where he is 
it's so it's this is so awesome. He had somewhat of a desire to explore an open relationship, but also it's pretty clear he wants monogamy. So he wasn't actually going to go for it to explore it. But then he met a woman who actually wanted that. And so now he's trying to explore it. And, you know, he was saying, well, I, I do want to have sex with her. And what happens? And do I tell her? And how does this all work? And, you know, right. Like, do we have to end up being in a relationship if we're going to have sex together? Right. So we were just having that whole conversation. And my take on it is really that if that men and women both are responsible for communicating before we take any of those actions. Yeah. And if you don't want to be having sex with someone who's having sex with someone else, then, you know, it's your responsibility to ask that and get that information beforehand. And, you know, and I don't say that to, to totally let men off the hook and say, you can have sex with whoever you want and you can not be honest and all of that. I think there's, there's integrity um, and I think the most amazing sex, whether it's a one night stand or it does lead into relationship happens when there's an incredible level of honesty and connection and attunement with bodies and emotions. Um, and I think there is a bigger game than a bigger game pleasure experience than most men have ever experienced. Well, I want to go back to something you, you, you said in there, which is that both people, both partners have a say and that I'm responsible for me, she's responsible for her. But there's an undercurrent. There's an undercurrent here where the guy's thinking, I'm responsible for yes, her. Yes. And I don't want to, maybe I can imagine this guy's like, I don't want to take that on. I just want to have a good time. I just want to enjoy myself and maybe have sex or something, but I don't want to be responsible for her after like, I've got to take care of her or something. And of course, that's going to slow down dating. That's not going to be any fun when you feel like you've got to like figure everything out for the other person and and make yeah. her happy. That's not that's not enjoyable. No, and I think there's a I think there's I sometimes look at it as there's a wisdom and there's an imposter. I think the imposter there is I have to be responsible for this woman, and I have to pre I have to know ahead of time you know, what's going to upset her or what she needs or wants. And, um, and then I have to be responsible for her. And then it feels like a drag and then I feel heavy. And then I'm just like, Oh, fuck this. You know, I just want to feel free. I just just want to enjoy myself. Yeah, totally. And then I think there's the, the wisdom side of it or the, the, that the imposter tries to, to get to or imitate. And I think the wisdom is, um, there's a, you don't have to take responsibility, but when you can actually have her good, you know, what, what's going to be good and the highest good for her in mind, as well as your highest good, it is a kind of responsibility, right? It is a willingness to say, huh, you just said that you only wanted to have sex if this was going to lead to a long-term relationship. And right now I don't actually know. So it doesn't seem like it's going to be in your highest good if we do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, and there is a willingness to come from an abundance place, even if, and what I see when I work with men is even if you haven't been sleeping with a lot of women, or even if you haven't been getting dates, if you do have a willingness to say no, when it isn't for the highest good of both people, that more women actually start to show up. They'll feel that. They'll feel that you've yeah. got integrity. They feel that you have concern, but you're not there to be daddy. Uh, and you also are going to be okay if if there's a disagreement there. There's something that's tr- there's trustworthy about that. Um, you're not just a yes man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm kind of lost now. I don't know where we are on the list. What I know, I know. I mean, there's so many struggles. It's interesting. I think a couple of the the other big ones are not being sure about how to how to share about your past relationships, how to share about the relationship that you had with your ex who you are divorced from or separated from or who you have a kid with, you know, and you're co-parenting with. Yeah, yeah. How do you uh, talk about that, right? I think the other one is then the fear of repeating those same mistakes mm-hmm. as in the last relationship. Um. I think another one is not wanting to use lines or games or manipulation like it may have been easier to do or more more common to do when you're in your 20s, but not being sure what else to do, you know, right. what, what's going to replace that. Or just even view it like in order to create a relationship with somebody, I have to put on some kind of mask or play some yes. kind of game. And then at some point, how do I take that off and just relate and just right. connect? Because you just you just set yourself up for misery and failure. I think if you're if you're you're pretending to be someone, mm-hmm. because you can't keep that up, and you can't you, you we wouldn't want to keep that up because then you don't actually get to feel loved and cared for because you're you're it's not getting in. It's just going to this facade, right? Right, right. Oh no, she yeah. likes this facade. Will she like me? Uh, right. There's the belief that I, she's not going to like me for who I am if I just start there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had an experience the other night with the man I've been dating for a while now where I just, I think I just really lost it in a way. You know, I I just kind of went to the bottom of some things and some of this sadness and grief that I still have over my marriage that ended. And in a way, I'm, I mean, I'm really grateful. I think it's the right path. I think it's what needs to happen in life. And there's still grief there. And I think mm. that is... um there's, I don't want to say there's an art, but I think there is a way to really bring that in a new relationship mm-hmm. without losing yourself, but with the willingness to actually be that vulnerable and say, wow, you know, I'm still hurting from this and I really care about you or I love you and I don't want to hide this part of myself. Right. This is what's really going on for me. Yeah. And yeah. otherwise, and this is where I see men losing sensation in their bodies and unable to have sex or wondering why does the spark just fade suddenly, you know, it was there a minute ago or a day ago and now it's gone. It's like if you actually shove these emotions and feelings out of your system and you just numb yourself to them, then you don't actually get to feel the pleasure either. Yeah. Were you, I don't know if you and I, it was in Colorado, we were doing a workshop. I don't know if you and I were working together there was a, an exercise where, um, like I said, I'm not sure if it was you, and there was no words to be spoken between the woman and, and this guy that was going to walk up, and he was the participant, and we were working with him, and, mm-hmm. and he was a guy that was starting over. I didn't know his backstory. He walks up to the to to um, to the, my teammate, the the woman, and and she just goes, "I just feel a lot of sadness." Mm-hmm. They didn't say anything. Yeah. And 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 he just looked at me like, what did you tell her? And I was like, yeah. I didn't tell her I anything. Right. And he, and and he goes, I just thought I could cover this up. And we're like, what yeah. are you covering up? He's like, you know, my wife passed away 4 years ago and I'm still really struggling with this. Yeah. And there were a ton of tears and and I could feel it now, but he was just blown away that he really believed that he could cover this up and go back out into the dating world. Yeah. Um, and somehow like women weren't going to perceive this in him. And maybe she was trained to be able to articulate it. 
but that doesn't mean that other women aren't feeling it. They may not just know how to articulate it as well as she did. So yeah, that's uh, what I see a lot is that those of us who have been trained, we can speak to it and we can articulate it, but all women for the most part are feeling it, you know? And when I talk to women out there that are, that are fans of the show and fans of, of this work, and they're really hungry to meet these guys, a lot of them that they're looking at like, I want to find a guy that's done this work that, that is, is capable of having his emotional experience. I don't want to be with a robot. I don't want to yeah. be with a guy that's walled off. Um, there was a, there was a time it was after I got married, um, that I, I didn't realize I started to kind of go through this depression period and, um, wasn't dealing with some stuff. I, I started to realize I was really pissed off about some, some things that were happening in my life. And, and I remember just like, well, I can't bring this to Allison. I can't uh-huh. show her this. It's not safe. In my, in my past, when I've been around women, they're like, yeah, it's not okay for you to be angry or sad or whatever. That was the message that I took, whether it was mm-hmm. what they said or not. And I remember just Allison be like, I got space for that. I welcome that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want you to, your aggression at me, you know, you're, right. it's not okay for you to attack me, but your anger, your sadness is all welcome here. And I remembered in that moment, I was like, she accepts me and loves me more than I love and accept myself. Right. Like she has, she's more okay with who I really am than I am. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really feel like, wow, this woman's an ally. Yeah, this woman accepts amazing. me more. And she's yeah. amazing. <laughs> she is amazing, right? I I and and but that's the thing is 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 what if what if we allow ourselves to lean into that? Because I think as a whole that it's just recognizing that the relationships can handle that. Like we we've yeah. got a lot more space than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. And I want to speak to the point too that it's not just for a woman that you're then going to be vulnerable and show your emotions, right? This is this is first and foremost for yourself, because then you actually have the experience of life, you know, where you're not numb to it. You can actually um, feel delight, feel pleasure, feel more turn on, feel like a higher state of orgasm, feel more love, feel more power and strength and more of an ability to show up in your career. I mean, you know, it's not just, oh, well, now I'm going to be willing to be vulnerable so that I can make a relationship work. It's really ultimately for you. Right. Yeah. When I talk to guys, they're like, oh, what, I'm like, what do you want? Like, oh, I want to feel passion. I want to find my passion, passion, passion. They're like, okay, great. Well, you understand that's an emotion, right? Like uh-huh. that's a feeling. So if you're muting your feelings or you're distracting yourself from your feelings or you're doing things to numb your feelings, how would you know your passion come out of the toilet, bite you on the ass? You wouldn't feel it because you're <laughs> right. numbing yourself and you're distracting right. yourself. So this is that process, guys, of, of like, wow, if I want to feel more passionate and more alive in my life, it also means I got to turn up the dial on on everything. I'm going to start to feel everything more. I managed to get a toilet joke in there. So, All right. oh, Yeah, that was awesome. That, right. I, I live with a three and a half year old and he's constantly talking about toilet. <laughs> so I feel right at home. <laughs> It's amazing for me to see a little man, right? I'm just like, this is the beginning. This is where it starts. And I'm so trying to already be an ally for him and love him into his his mm. manhood, you know, his mm. boyhood and yeah. really accept him because I think so much of it does go back to these roots of parents who are trying to do their best. And, you know, so I don't have a lot of blame, but but yeah, for so many men, it goes back to not actually being allowed to be angry. You know, mm. you have to be nice. You have to be kind. You have to be good. Most of the men I work with are, you know, considered nice guys. And I think Robert Glover's book is amazing for that. Right. 
Um, and if it's you're listening mostly, to this, check out uh, Robert Glover's uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy in, in the interview that I did with him. That's what Shane is talking about. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, there are some men out there who who are more on the other end and don't care and objectify women. But for the most part, when I meet men, even where that's kind of presenting on the surface, it's there's so much more about not being able to feel powerful and loving at the same time. Yeah. It's one or the other. There's something in there. And and it's just a it's a matter of uh of practice and learning how to connect those things. Yes. I, I'm so I just noticed I'm like, what's the list? Like, like we gotta get what's, back to the list. Okay, back to the list. Back to the list. There's a couple more. So okay, another struggle I see men have when they're starting over is I think we talked about this a little bit in the beginning that their desires are really outdated. You know, I think about it like a computer system, like it's system 1.0 or, you know, whatever. I'm not a techie, so I might be saying this wrong. But um, maybe you, know, versus, you might be saying it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Versus 8.0 or whatever that may be. Right. Or mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't actually know what I want. Mm. Any- and therefore I'm going out trying to find what I used to want and somehow it's not fulfilling or somehow, you know, these women aren't wanting me back. And I think that's a, that's a struggle. The world's passed me by. Yeah. Right. Well, so that's, that's a great point. That's what it starts to feel like Mm -hmm. is the world's passed me by instead of, Oh, I could update my system to know what I really want now. And now I'm part of the world again. Right. Right. I can grow. I can always learn. You know, that's the growth, whether I'm a fi- in a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. If I want to have this fulfilling life and I'm committed to it, then I'm going to grow. I want to learn new things. Mm-hmm. Um, if I think I'm going to go back and base everything on what I learned the last time I would, or do everything when I was single, yeah, you're screwed. Right. Yeah. Right. And on that note, another one that I see is that way of, oh, well, my body doesn't do what it used to. You know, now that I'm 40 or 50 or even older, when I was in my 20s, I could have sex anytime and it would just be hot and it was instant, you know, and now sometimes I don't have an erection or now sometimes I've met a lot of men recently who are like, wow, um, what happened? There was something in a coaching session I was doing recently Oh, where he was, this guy had for years had this idea that there was something wrong with him because there was a woman who he had sex with that he stopped being able to get an erection with. And when we really got in there and I explored it with him... What it turned out to be was that he wasn't feeling her, um, he started to open emotionally, right? And she basically shut him down and Mm. said something that that wasn't okay or she didn't want that. And so then he stopped being able to have an erection and then trying to make it happen and then held this idea and started going out dating thinking, well, there, there might be something wrong with me. And now every time I meet a woman, I have to face this. Wow. And we really got to this place. I was like, do you see that there's nothing wrong with you? But your system now, you need that trust and the the willingness to actually be emotionally connected before you're going to get turned on. Yeah. That's what I notice as I've gotten older is that I can appreciate that cute gal on the beach or the cute waitress or something. But then as I start to talk to them, if I don't feel like I attracted to who they are, there's just a part of like, it goes, and just, I just don't feel it. When I was 20 though, man, that was, I didn't even care. Right. Yeah. yeah. I used to, I used to get shit for, I'm not even going to go there. So anyway, but I, <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep some things private, but the, yes, yes. It's yes. I'm yes to the, all of that. Thank you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there's, I mean, there's a last one that I could go into now or we could hold it for a little bit because I think it's a really, really big one. But um, you tell me. <laughs> Are you? Okay. I'll bite. Come on. What's the big one? Okay. I think the big one is that one of the biggest challenges I see is that men have this mindset where they give up on having sex and love. And so it either becomes, they, they settle and it's like, oh, well, if I can't have this, then I'll settle for one or the other. So then it either becomes one night stands without intimacy mm-hmm. or a sexless long-term relationship. Mm. And So they're I, looking at it, it's either one or the other, either either one yeah. or the other. Mm-hmm. And, and the way I see it too is, I mean, I've had one night stands that have been more intimate than I, I actually think a lot of men ever experience or a lot of women ever experience, right? So I don't have it that one night stands have to be lacking intimacy. Um, but I think the doorway to having both is different than many men imagine. And I think that um, from what I've seen, there are a few keys, right, to actually being able to have both the passion and the love, the sex and the intimacy. You know, and I think a lot of it comes down to what we've been talking about around the willingness to feel what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're numbing out to your emotions or to your body, then sex becomes numb. Right. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a lot of pleasure to be felt there if you're not actually feeling yourself. Um, and I think another one is being willing to speak the truth. Right. And mm-hmm. hear her truth and not stuff things under the rug. Right. right. Not if you get hurt or disappointed or something rubs you the wrong way that you could actually say that. And it doesn't look weak and you don't also have to be dramatic about it and, you know, and throw a huff and leave, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But to actually be willing to have that kind of vulnerability and communication where you talk about that because truth actually sparks that fire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I think there's there's a way, as you talk about this, I'm reminded of there was an adolescent way to create relationships and we can kind of regress back into that. And this is, I'll, I'll just speak for me. Like there's that mm-hmm. tendency to just go back to what I learned as a teenager um, or my college years and that kind of thing. And those aren't, the, that's not the best way for me to show up in a relationship. But I had to learn how to be an adult in a relationship yeah. without giving up that like fire and playfulness and uh, tension and the fun polarity stuff that can, that that's part of being young too. Mm-hmm. You know, that those like, you know, she walks in the room and my heart goes a little weird and and um, don't necessarily associate that with being mature or adults or whatever. So um, yeah. I, I've realized that it took me a while, like after I was with Allison, I remember there was a part of me, I was like, this doesn't feel like I'm used to feeling in relationships. Yes. I'm being called to be an adult here. I'm definitely attracted to her, but man, I, I've got to figure this out. How do I show up here? How do I work this? How do I integrate all of myself into this relationship, and it took me a while. It was it took work on my on my uh, on my part to to be able to show up in that way. It, it felt awkward, I should say, uh, yeah. at first. And a lot of guys are like, "Well, if it feels awkward, there must be something off." But right, um, I, I I got a chance to grow through it and just realize I needed to grow. This was an adult relationship, and um, and I needed to grow. Now she and I are very playful, and we joke around most of the time, but there was something different, like my commitment to her and my experience and, and my feelings for her were much different than anything I'd ever experienced as a young man. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I really see your commitment to yourself too, right? And that she is a reflection of that in a way of you choosing her and you choosing someone who, a woman who wants you to be bigger and needs you actually to be bigger and more mature in order to have a relationship work is really, I see it as your commitment to yourself and and choosing for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And not taking myself too seriously. I think there was a thing like, oh, don't fuck this up and don't, right. I don't know. There's just all kinds of stuff that I got into. And I can imagine if you know, the guy's starting over out there, he's a little wobbly and he's like, yeah, I can't screw this up. I don't want to be embarrassed. And what am I doing? And this feels weird. This feels different. I'm so used to doing it another way. Um, and just allowing ourselves to suck like to, well, yeah, not literally, but like the, the, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And literally, but the the thing is just to allow ourselves to be goofy and, and we're growing and it's not going to feel right and perfect and comfortable. It's going to be weird. It's going to be awkward and that's okay. Yeah. And being willing to face that, like you're saying, being willing to to be in that and not just collapse into, oh, shit, it's all over or it's all fucked, you know, if that happens. And and I think a big part that I see for the men I work with, too, is there's two pieces of learning of learning to receive. Right. And I see so many women, like you said, women don't want to be with these robotic men women want to actually be with men who are going to open up and receive our love. I mean, if I'm loving a man and he's just numb to it, it's heartbreaking and I can't actually stay. I think a lot of men, especially as like the men I work with who are more of the nice guys, um, tend to be so far on the end of the spectrum of giving that it would seem really selfish to receive. Yeah. Well, just yeah. think about it, guys. I mean, do you want to... We are, we are physically built to impact a woman, right? And she's physically built to be received by us. That's what we're built to do. That's the only thing we're really designed to do. And, and imagine what it's like to be with her and she's not responding. It's just like, well, it's boring. I want to be with somebody that I know that I can impact. Well, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. I think what, she, what you're saying, Shane, is that she wants to know that whatever she's doing is having an impact on you. So what's the feedback that we're getting? It's like, oh, wow, this is actually impacting him. He's enjoying this. He's receiving it. It's, it's, it's making a difference to him. And, and, and to give that gift and have it just be pushed aside, uh, even if you're feeling, wow, this is great, but we don't know that, it's a drag. There's no connection there. And yeah. uh, it will be boring. And, and, and it's like, well, I, why would I give my gift if it's not going to be received? I'm going to move on. Right. Right. And I, I'm curious because since I'm not a man, I'm curious about your perspective on this, which is, you know, men in bed too, just being quiet and not feeling like it's okay to make noise or show that they're really turned on and show their expression. And, you know, that's another way of not actually, in a way, not receiving, not being able, not being willing to feel that much pleasure or feeling embarrassed to show that. And and that's another one of those ways there where then a woman doesn't actually know. It's like, are you enjoying this? Are you here? Right. You know, is this good for you? He'll make more noise during a football game, watching on watching a football game right. on TV. He'll jump up and down and pump his fist and, oh, my God. You know, but in the bed, he's just like, ugh. And that's it. That's all you get. And that's right? it, right. <laughs> right. I guess that was, I guess he enjoyed it, I guess. You know, it's really hard to breathe with the leather mask on. It just takes me out of the moment. <laughs> well, for some people, that's really hot. <laughs> I have to work on this. And one of the ways that I work, I, when I go to get a massage, it's like, well, I allow myself to say more there instead yes. of just giving her the feedback of that feels, you've got the spot, do it. Like there's a part of me that's like, no, nah, she'll figure it out. She'll feel the knot. And there's this yeah. like, wow, I'm holding back this. I'm paying this person yes. to help me. 
and I'm not giving this person feedback that would help me and help her do her job better. Um, and that's just one of the ways that we hold back. And it's this weird thing. Like, why wouldn't I say that? Why wouldn't right. I speak up? So. Right. And that's another one of the things that I think actually it takes to have sex and love is to to really be able to ask for what you need and want, you know, and to do it in a way that creates connection versus pushes her away, right? So it's not a demand, you know, you're you have to ask and actually allow for a no, but to really bring the the deeper piece if yeah. you're asking something and you know why you want something or what's really going on for you or to be willing to be vulnerable and say this is hard for me to ask but I would really love to have this kind of date or I'd really love to have this kind of of conversation or this kind of sex and if you don't actually ask for what you want or need then again the spark is going to fade yeah and chronic yeah. disappointment right like yeah. i'm not getting what i want but i'm not asking for it either i'm not speaking up yeah. and she, somehow she's not reading my mind what's up with that so, right what's up with that <laughs> yeah gosh no wonder why i was just sitting there looking at our phones at dinner you know so yeah Cool. Well, what's next? If, if somebody wants to learn more from you, I know that you've got all kinds of stuff available. If, you know, I know that there's obviously working with you directly, but what's the, what's the thing that, that you can point them to um, that they want to take a step beyond just what they've heard on the podcast today? Yeah, the step I would take is go to, it's themanshewants.com slash starting dash over. I have a training that is a recording and a worksheet of the three fundamentals of lasting love and passion this time around, or we could say lasting love and, and great sex. Right? This time all right. around. You, can, you can actually have it all. And um, it, it walks you through a whole bunch of things around ending a relationship and perspectives and how to really look at a past relationship and what happened and, and find your own power within mm. that. And then, and then, figure out what you want this time and how to make that happen. So it's a really powerful training that anyone who has ended a relationship would benefit from. And I would say too, if you're in a relationship and you're not satisfied, you don't have to just start over, right? You could start over within your current relationship. So really it would be good for anyone who's not feeling fulfilled in dating and relationship. Okay. And that's free. The the three fundamentals. Yep. Okay. The three fundamentals to lasting love and passion or hot sex, as you said. I, I like that. I, that. That perked me up a little bit. Yeah, so, maybe I should change that. Yeah. Uh, wants.com slash starting dash over. Um, Shana, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.